Welcome to This Week in Water for May 11, 2014. I'm Franny Halperin. And I'm Jamie Sudler. And here are some of the stories from this week's news. The world is currently focused on the kidnapping of young girls in Nigeria by the group known as Boko Haram. The taking of the girls has been widely condemned, but there's another crisis not as well reported in Nigeria that could exacerbate the difficulties in that country. In 2009, the UK Department for International Development released a study that warned about how climate change could lead to water shortages, land shortages, and crop failures in Nigeria. And even more recently, a study by the U.S. Institute for Peace concluded that there is a basic causal link between climate change and violence in Nigeria. A professor at Amadou Bello University, Sabu Bako, stated before he died that a forerunner of Boko Haram was a sect in northern Nigeria whose members included many victims of ecological disasters, which left them in a constant search for water, food, and shelter. 70% of the population in northern Nigeria subsists on less than $1 a day. The International Crisis Group stated that the government is not able to provide water, health, security, or reliable education for its people. It seems logical that if the government of Nigeria cannot secure water and food for its citizens, then they will turn to other groups for help. One Western reporter, David Francis, wrote that most of the foot soldiers in Boko Haram are not Muslim fanatics, but poor kids who turned against their corrupt country leaders. Until the Western world develops some real solutions to climate change and shortages of basic human needs in places like Nigeria, it is likely that we can expect those who have nothing left to lose to turn to extremist groups as a solution to their crisis situations. The White House released the government's National Climate Assessment this past week, and it's sobering. The report, conducted over the past three years by a large cross-disciplinary panel of scientists, concludes that climate change is already upon us and extremes could become the norm. Extremes such as record heat, exceptional drought, intense fires, and devastating floods. The conclusions, projections, and observations as it relates to U.S. water resources are hard to absorb, but Peter Gleick of the Pacific Institute compiled snapshots, and here are just a few. As temperatures rise, the amount of precipitation changes. We've seen that in the heavy downpours in the Northeast, a region that's had a 70% increase in precipitation in the past three decades. Short-term droughts are expected to increase in most of the U.S., Longer-term droughts are expected to intensify in the southwest, the southern plains, and the southeast. Snowpack and streamflow amounts are projected to decline in parts of the southwest, decreasing surface water supply reliability for cities, agriculture, and ecosystems. The study concludes that although certain climate change impacts are now unavoidable, we still have time to mitigate future consequences. We'll have a link to the National Climate Assessment website, as well as Peter Click's summary on our website at h2oradio.org. On January 9th of this year, there was a leak of coal-cleaning chemicals from a Freedom Industries storage tank 
into the water source for about 300,000 people in Kanawha County, West Virginia. A survey was recently done to see how many people thought they had an illness from that contaminated water. Fully one-third of the households surveyed responded that at least one person thought they had an illness due to the spill. The study does not show a direct cause-and-effect link, but rather a pattern of correlations between the spill and illnesses of those in the area. Meanwhile, Freedom Industries filed for bankruptcy after having been sued by dozens for the leak. However, at least a couple of people from Freedom may be getting back into the chemical storage business. There was a report earlier this week in the Charleston Gazette-Mail that two of the executives who ran Freedom Industries have formed a new corporation in West Virginia, which is strikingly similar to the old company. The new company is called Lexicon, and according to the Gazette-Mail, the new company's business description matches Freedom Industries almost verbatim. We hope the new company may have more concern for the drinking water of West Virginians than the old company. Last week marked National Drinking Water Week. For more than 30 years, communities across the United States have joined the American Water Works Association in recognizing the essential role that water plays in our daily lives and how access to safe water is crucial for our collective health and prosperity. Following the theme, What Do You Know About H2O?, we have a few questions for you about adequate hydration. Did you know that without water, mental calculation abilities are reduced, while mood swings are more likely? And that irritability and fatigue increase when you're dehydrated? Or that memory is impaired when you haven't had enough water to drink? According to Lawrence E. Armstrong, professor at the University of Connecticut's Human Performance Laboratory, it's important not to wait until you're thirsty, since the feeling of thirst doesn't show up until you've lost about 1-2% to 2 of your body's water volume. American Water Works Association suggests that National Drinking Water Week is a good time to recognize that although the United States has one of the safest drinking water supplies in the world, New challenges such as aging infrastructure, contamination from spills, as well as impacts from climate change are going to require that we all work together to protect our water quality and supply. The quality of drinking water in Pakistan is not good, even that of bottled water. According to a monitoring report by the Pakistan Council of Research in Water Resources, 21 bottled water brands selling in different cities have been found unsafe for health due to chemical or microbiological contamination. Many in Pakistan buy bottled water because of the poor quality of local supplies in the country. This has given rise to a huge bottled water industry. To monitor and improve the quality of bottled water, the government of Pakistan has begun to monitor different brands each quarter. The monitoring report for the quarter ending March 2014 found 21 of 68 brands of mineral water to have unsafe levels of contamination. Out of those 21 unsafe brands, 8 had high levels of arsenic as well as other microbiological contaminants which could cause cholera, diarrhea, dysentery, hepatitis, and typhoid. 
Nearly 60% of samples collected from rural areas around Islamabad were found unsafe for drinking, while the situation is even worse in Rawalpindi, with 83% of the samples found to be unsafe. Pakistan used to be a water-rich country a few decades ago. However, a recent report by the World Bank noted that Pakistan now faces acute water shortages. And finally, India's Supreme Court ruled last week that separate toilets for boys and girls, as well as drinking water facilities, were integral to education and ordered that all schools, including those run by minority communities, make provisions for them. India, it seems, is now all about toilets. Sanitation has been a highly visible campaign slogan in the current race to be India's next prime minister. In a public rally, Narendra Modi, the current front-runner, proclaimed, first toilets, then temples. His rival promptly accused him of stealing that campaign line. Regardless of who gets the credit, the fact that politicians are even talking toilets is a remarkable development. But it does show that they're responding to a growing body of evidence showing India's lack of proper sanitation is causing a host of diseases, including hepatitis A, polio, and diarrhea. According to the latest census data, about half of India's households defecate in the open, using fields, rivers, and abandoned lots as toilets. The Indian government, as well as NGOs in the private sector, have been trying to fight the problem by building more toilets and raising awareness through marketing campaigns. Marketing campaigns like UNICEF India's viral music video called Take the poo to the loo. Now, radio can't do that video justice, nor can it show how the community in the animation vanquishes the evil Mr. Pooh, whom they describe as, quote, a lowly pile of, well, you fill in the blank, or better yet, visit our website for the link and the missing expletive. You won't be disappointed, although you might be a bit grossed out. This Week in Water is sponsored by Colorado WaterWise, whose mission is to promote the efficient use of Colorado's water. Learn more at coloradowaterwise.org. Let's take the pool.